man, do I have a lot to talk about in this podcast. Previewing Super Bowl 57 for tomorrow. Uh, NBA trade trade deadline being extremely active this year. Um, a bunch of NFL coaching moves and hires. Uh, baseball news. Let's just get right into it. It's a lot of stuff. I'm going to do the Super Bowl preview uh, in the second half of this episode, but I'm going to get through most of the critical NBA trade deadline uh, moves that went down the past few days. So the trade deadline was this past Thursday, and boy, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving got moved off the nets. Not a lot of people saw that coming, and the Lakers also got rid of Russell Westbrook, which was kind of long overdue, according to many people as well. So, obviously, the biggest move of the trade deadline was Kevin Durant going to the Phoenix Suns along with TJ Warren. And the Nets, in return, from the Suns get Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, um, Jay Crowder initially, and then he got picked up by the Bucks for five second-round picks, um, four first-round picks, and a 2028 pick swap. All of that was sent to the Nets for Kevin Durant and TJ Warren. So... The Nets, they are blowing it up. They are building for the future. No longer championship contenders. And as for the Phoenix Suns, now they have a definite big three, arguably a big four. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and if you want to throw in a big four, DeAndre Ayton at the center position uh, with a decent bench as well. Um, Now here's the caveat. If the Suns stay healthy and really none of the players are completely healthy right now. If they can stay healthy, then they are for sure legitimate championship contenders and arguably the best in the West, um, right up there with the Denver Nuggets. But that remains to be seen because Kevin Durant's not coming back until at least after the All-Star break, and who knows when Devin Booker and Chris Paul are really going to come back as well. But by far a massive trade at the deadline, the biggest trade of the deadline. And right next to it, too, was Kyrie Irving going to the Dallas Mavericks. And in return, the Mavericks gave the Nets back Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, a first-round pick, and a second-round pick. Or or two second-round picks, excuse me. So now you got Kyrie Irving paired up with Luka Doncic. Um, Luka has another really go-to superstar to help him out in the playoffs. The Mavs did make it to the Western Conference Finals last year, but um, I didn't think they were going to beat the Warriors last year, and the Warriors just had way too much teamwork and talent and as a bunch of Luka Isoball. So Kyrie should help them out in a lot of ways basketball-wise. Now, with both of these big moves, it remains to be seen if both Kyrie and Kevin Durant both remain on the Mavs and Suns, respectively, after this year. But uh, for now, both of them definitely look looking like legit contenders in the Western Conference. So those were two gigantic moves that really I wasn't expecting until Kyrie Irving requested a trade um, a week or so before the trade deadline. So, well, <laughs> some some crazy stuff going down in the NBA. Now, as for the Lakers, the Lakers made a lot of moves at this trade deadline. So let's just go through them. So the big one for the Lakers, um, they got D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt, uh, D'Angelo Russell came over from the Timberwolves, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt from the Utah Jazz. And in exchange, um, uh, Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscano Anderson and Damian Jones and a 2027 first round pick from the Lakers, that all went to the Jazz. 
um, Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, two other picks, plus a pick swap from the Jazz to the Timberwolves. So I think I covered all the aspects of that trade. Now, something that's kind of gone unnoticed is Russell Westbrook um, going to the Jazz. For those of you who don't know, Russell Westbrook in past playoff series and just games in Utah, fans have just been, um, let's just say, heckling him a little bit. And I think he's gotten into it a few times with uh, incidents with fans. And I don't know how that's going to work long term or if if they're going to really hold on to him after this season. Uh, but I really... I don't see how that really works out in the long run, just just because of Russell's history. Um, yeah, we'll we'll have to see if he come goes back to an LA team, maybe the Clippers or somewhere else. But um, I don't think Westbrook is going to work out well on the Jazz. Now for the Lakers, um, they get another playmaker kind of a half-court initiator in the offense, D'Angelo Russell. Leak Beasley, a decent shooting guard who puts up some good numbers. Jared Vanderbilt, a long power forward. The Lakers got much, much bigger in these trades. Um, also, Patrick Beverly traded to the Magic for Mo Bamba. So they went from a very small guard in Pat Beverly, who was a good defender, but Mo Bamba is a true center who can also shoot the ball. Now, unfortunately, the, the Lakers also got rid of Thomas Bryant, one of their better role-playing centers for Devon Reed and three second-round picks from the Nuggets. Um, but overall, I think the Lakers did do a good job improving their roster. Now, I don't think they're as good as the Nuggets or the Grizzlies or the Suns or the Mavericks, but um, really in a year where no team is really viewed as a universal favorite in the Western Conference, or frankly, even the Eastern Conference, I see the Lakers still having a chance against anybody in a, in a seven-game series. So they, they definitely have a puncher's chance in the playoffs. Um, other moves going down in the association, Eric Gordon traded to the Clippers from the Rockets. Uh, Danny Green in, that, in a three-team trade, and that same deal got sent from uh, the Grizzlies to the Rockets, and the Grizzlies picked up Luke Kennard from the Clippers. As part of that deal, also, John Paul got traded back to the Rockets, and he was infamous kind of for um, kind of pouting in Houston, sitting out, uh, not really playing. So the Rockets, I think yesterday, just decided to waive him. So John Wall's a free agent now. We'll see if anybody actually picks him up. Um, also, Mason Plumley go goes to the Clippers from the Hornets, and in return, the Hornets get back Reggie Jackson from the Clippers. Other trades, uh, James Wiseman. Uh, traded to the Pistons from the the Warriors. Now, James Wiseman was the number two overall pick a few seasons ago out of uh, out of Memphis University. Um, Sadiq Bay, in return, gets to go to the Hawks. Gary Payton goes from the Blazers to the Warriors. Warriors send five second-round picks to the Blazers for Gary Payton. Um, and those picks are actually from the Hawks um, to acquire Sadiq Bay. Um, and then spar that deal as well, Kevin Knox gets sent from the Pistons to the Warriors, and then he got rerouted to Portland. But news came out today that Gary Payton failed a physical due to an injury that'll keep him out for two to three months. So we'll see how this trade really goes down. I don't know um, really how it gets rerouted after a failed physical. Um, another 
trade between the Hawks and the Rockets. Justin Holiday and Frank Comiskey go to the Rockets, and Garrison Matthews and Bruno Fernando get sent out to Atlanta. Um, and and a big extension for the Pacers and Miles Turner. Miles Turner signs a two-year, sixty million dollar extension, um, which included a seventeen point one million dollar renegotiation on his uh, salary this season. Um, NBA All Stars. Uh, all the reserves got announced in the Eastern Conference. Jalen Brown from the Celtics, Joel Embiid from the Sixers, DeMar DeRozan from the Bulls, Julius Randle from the Knicks, Drew Holiday from the Bucks, Tyrese Halliburton from the Pacers, Bam Adebayo from the East, or from the Heat, excuse me. Out West, you got Shai Gilgis-Alexander from the Thunder, Damian Lillard from the Trailblazers, Paul George from the Clippers, Laurie Markinen from the Jazz, John Morant from the Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson Jr., also from the Grizzlies, and DeMontis Sabonis from the Kings. James Harden um, still got left off, and Jimmy Butler, too. I still don't know why. And in yesterday, Anthony Edwards, Pascal Siakam, and De'Aaron Fox got named reserve replacements. I think because Kevin, Dur- I think Kevin Durant might be injured. Yeah, that, that's why. I'll say uh, guys like him will be out for the NBA All-Star game. Um now to the NFL, um, the league salary cap is going up to nearly $225 million next year, up almost $17 million from this past season. So obviously more contracts in store and bigger contracts. Pro Football Hall of Fame, nine folks got in, and among those, Rondé Barber, Darrell Rivas, Joe Thomas, and DeMarcus Ware, certainly stars of the past 20, 25 years um, that I got to watch some of growing up. Um, the NFL awards came out last night. Um, Patrick Mahomes won his second MVP award. Justin Jefferson, Offensive Player of the Year. Nick Bosa from the Niners, Defensive Player of the Year with 18 and a half sacks. Um, Brian Dable of the Giants wins Coach of the Year after um, leading the Giants to a divisional round berth and nine wins far better than what the Giants have done the past several seasons. Geno Smith wins comeback in a NFL Comeback Player of the Year award, nearly completing 70% of his passes after being considered by many to be a bust. Brock Purdy, um, after the NFC Championship game, was discovered to have a torn UCL, so he is out six months, and we'll see if he's back for training camp or what the quarterback situation for the for the Niners is. Um, Sean Payton got announced as the new Broncos head coach, a five-year deal. The Broncos had to give the Saints back some draft compensation due to the, the deal that he had with the Saints, but um, Sean Payton, he's just, I think, He's what the Broncos need, an experienced offensive play caller. Um, and we'll see if he can fix Russell Wilson. But um, it'll be fun to see Sean Payton now against Andy Reid in the AFC West for years to come. Um, certainly could be an offensive shootout, really, if those two teams meet. Um, and D'Amico Ryans. I am so happy for D'Amico Ryans to become the new Texans head coach on a six-year deal. Um, he D'Amico, D'Amico Ryans, of course, was one of the original Houston Texans um, very successful player for uh, the Texans. And the past few seasons was the um, 49ers defensive coordinator. And under under him, they had an elite, elite defense. So D'Amico, I think he's going to do a great job. It's going to take one or two years really to get his culture in. But I can see the Texans making noise in the AFC South finally um, and not being bottom feeders. Um and not going through guys like David Coley and Lovey Smith, which I understand uh, I, those two guys weren't going to be the long-term answer, but D'Amico Ryans, I think 
is a long-term solution for the Texans. So happy for D'Amico Ryans to finally be home coaching the Houston Texans. Um, and he is not far removed from his playing days. He's going to have to manage new coaches too, but I think he'll do just fine. Um, some coordinator moves around the league. Bill O'Brien is new, the new Patriots offensive coordinator. He, of course, was the Patriots offensive coordinator back in the day with Tom Brady over the years. Kellen Moore goes from being the Cowboys OC to the Chargers offensive coordinator. Nathaniel Hackett, who got fired from the Broncos job, is to the new Jets offensive coordinator. So we'll see if Aaron Rodgers gets lured to the Jets, unlike the Broncos. Brian Flores is the new Vikings defensive coordinator after spending a year as a Steelers uh, defensive consultant. Steve Wilkes, the interim Cal- uh, the interim Carolina head football coach, is the new 49ers DC, takes over for D'Amico Ryans. And just yesterday, Matt Burke, um, a 49ers defensive line coach, got announced as the new Texans defensive coordinator under D'Amico Ryans. Other news, Tom Brady announced his retirement for good. He actually is now eligible for the Hall of Fame in 2028. So he is confirmed to no longer be playing, and he will start his uh, broadcasting deal with Fox in 2024. Um, Jimmy B- Jimmy G is really not going to be back with the 49ers, like I said earlier. We'll see if um, we'll see what Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers do with their quarterbacks. Um it was announced also this week that Texas and Yo U will officially join the SEC in 2024. Both will, campaign, will pay a combined $100 million exit fee to the Big 12, but this sets up A&M to play UT every year starting in 2024, so that is definitely something I'm going to be looking forward to. Um, Alabama, no surprise, locked up um, the number one recruiting class for 2023 in football. They also hired, Alabama did, Tommy Reese as their new offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator for Notre Dame. Um, Not exactly an air raid type of guy, but I'm sure under Nick Saban, they'll work out a system that works well for everybody. Anaya Smith, uh, number zero for A&M. He's back for a super senior season. And uh, with Connor Weidman coming back as the quarterback, I think that is a great move to have as a safety blanket for Weidman. Anaya Smith. Uh, Florida State extending Mike Norville, their head football coach through 2029, pays him an average of eight point zero five million dollars per year. Alabama extended their head basketball coach Nate Oaks through 2029, six year six year extension, paying him about four and a half million the first year, and then obviously increasing after that. Uh, just yesterday, it was announced Christian Javier signed an extension with the Astros, five years, sixty four million. One of the great young pitchers on the Astros. Definitely worth it. Helped them uh, win the World Series this past season. Um, Hugh Darvish signed an extension with the Padres for six years, $108 million through 2028. Um, and also the Team USA um, roster for um, the World Baseball Classic is announced. Um, the catchers are JT Riomoto from the Phillies, Will Smith from the Dodgers, and Kyle Higashioka from the Yankees. First baseman, Pete Alonso from the Mets, Paul Goldschmidt from the Cardinals. One second baseman is Jack McNeil from the Nets, but he's a stud. Um, third baseman is Nolan Arenado from the Cardinals. Shortstops are Tim Anderson of the White Sox, Trey Turner of the Phillies, and uh, the young stud Bobby Wick Jr. of the Royals. Outfielders, Mike Trout, um, stud from the Angels, Mookie Betts of the Dodgers, Kyle Swarber of the Phillies, Kyle Tucker, the World Series winner from the Astros, and Cedric, Cedric Mullins from the Orioles. 
And the pitching staff, right-handers, you have Adam Wainwright, Adam Wainwright from the Cardinals, Lance Lynn from the White Sox, Jason Adam from the Rays, Daniel Bard from the Rockies, David Bednar of the Pirates, Kendall Graveman of the White Sox, Merrill Kelly of the Diamondbacks, Nick Martinez of the Padres, Miles McCullis of the Cardinals, Adam Amatino of the Pet of the Mets, um, Ryan Presley of the Astros, Brady Singer of the Royals, and Devin Williams of the Brewers. And three left-handers of the squad are Clayton Kershaw of the Dodgers, Nestor Cortez of the Yankees, and Brooks Raley of the Mets, uh, who was a former uh, Astro, I believe. So that is the uh, USA uh, World Baseball Classic um, roster. And finally, also Novak Djokovic won his 10th Australian Open and his 22nd major, 22nd major uh, tournament overall, which tied him for Rafa Nadal for the most all-time. All right, guys, next let's get into this big Super Bowl 57 preview. I can't wait. All right, so Super Bowl 57 going down in the desert um, at State Farm Stadium out in Glendale, Arizona tomorrow. 5.30 kickoff on Fox, Central Time, 6.30 on the East Coast. Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles, number one seeds from AFC and NFC going at it. Eagles favored by a point and a half over, and I think is it 50 or so. Let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs. So this is their third Super Bowl trip in four seasons. Um, they're, of course, led by head coach Andy Reid, arguably the best coach in the game right now, and led by the best quarterback in the game, undisputedly, and Patrick Mahomes, um, who comes into the Super Bowl sporting the best playoff passer rating of all time at 106.1 already. Um, you, there's really not much more to say about Patrick Mahomes, and he just won a second MVP award. So he could really cap off a great season tomorrow by dominating the Super Bowl. Now, all of his weapons supporting him, he's got more than enough. Um, in the backfield, he's got Isaiah Pacheco, a young draft pick, uh, Jarek McKinnon as well behind him. Receiving department, you got McCole Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Kadarius Toney. Many good receivers, but their best receiver is their tight end, Travis Kelsey, who is already making a case as the best tight end of all time. Um, what can't this guy do on offense? Um, it's like Teflon with him. No one can really guard him or stick with him. So the Eagles are going to definitely have their hands full with all those weapons on offense. And not to mention the Chiefs offensive lines is filled with studs. They're led, they're led by Creed Humphrey, who's a rookie, but already graded as the best center in the game. Orlando Brown, the great left tackle. Joe Tooney is rated as the best guard in the game at left guard. Um, and they anchor the offensive line on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Chris Jones, arguably the best interior lineman in the foot in football, not named Aaron Donald. Frank Clark as well, down near this year, but still a great pass rusher. George Karloftis and Carl, Carlos Dunrap, good linebacking pass rushers as well. Um, in the secondary, you do have kind of four rookies, Jalen uh, Watson, Juan Hornhill, uh, Trent McDuffie. Um, Justin Reed's not a rookie, but is still a young player. So those are the four main um, uh, secondary guys for the Chiefs. Legereus Sneed. I'm not sure if he's going to play in the Super Bowl because he's been through a concussion protocol. So, but when he's in, the Chiefs are much better on defense versus the pass. Um, you got Willie Gay, Nick Bolton at the linebacker spot. So, good, good overall, solid units around around the Chiefs roster. But on the, the Eagles side, you could argue they have a much better roster top to bottom. Let's start with their defense, which had 78 sacks. Um, the entire season up to this point, which is third all time, just like 
four shy of breaking the all-time record. Um, you had four guys having at least a dozen sacks, which is absolutely insane. Um, let's start with that defensive line. And there's so many defensive pass rushers on this game. Hassan Redding, Josh Sweat, De- Javon Hargrave, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Ndamukong Sue, Linville Joseph, and Robert Quinn, who really don't, the last two or three players don't really contribute that much. And Fletcher Cox, who was the anchor of that D-line for years, he's really not their best pass rusher anymore. So they go seven, eight, nine deep with their pass rushers. Just absolutely insane. Um, TJ Edwards and Kaiser White at the linebacking core. Their secondary is also stacked with Darius Slay, James Bradbury, and to back up them, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, um, Avante Maddox, and Marcus Epps in safety spots. Just talent all over that defense. Um, much better unit than the Chiefs defense for sure. Um, and going to the Eagles offense, their offensive line is the best in the game, um, led by Jason Kelsey, putting together already a case for the best center of all time. Lane Johnson, um, best right tackle in the game um, when he's healthy. He's not 100% right now, but he's going to go for it. Um, tight end Dallas Goddard, not Travis Kelsey, but a good tight end uh, nonetheless. Running backs for the Eagles, they go three deep with Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Kenneth Gainwell. Boston Scott is kind of the um, new age uh, Darren Sproles for the Eagles, and Darren Sproles was short, but he was lightning quick, and he was their punt returning. He could do everything for the Eagles on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and their receiver core, anchored by A.J. Brown, the midseason ac- the acquisition from the Titans, um, and Devontae Smith, the high draft pick out of Alabama. Um, all that to support uh, Jalen Hurts, who has taken a massive step forward. He was the MVP runner-up this year to Patrick Mahomes. He was the MVP pay- favorite for most of the season until he got hurt late in the season. But uh, he has taken a massive step forward, Jalen Hurts has as a passer, getting more accurate, and of course using his legs to great effect. With all that being said, with all those players mentioned, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. And no, it's not just because my family is full of Chiefs fans. I go for the Chiefs if I don't go for the Texans. Um, I just think Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs, they are more familiar with this situation. Um, I don't think Jalen Hurts has performed particularly great. Um, I think he has way more help than Patrick Mahomes does on both sides of the ball. Um, I still don't think Jalen Hurts is an elite, elite-level quarterback. He's not on Mahomes' level, not with Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, even you could say Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence yet. Um, if he wins the Super Bowl, then maybe. But Jalen Hurts still has to put together a lot of body of work, um, and frankly, through next year, too, to really make an argument to be an elite quarterback. But Patrick Mahomes, bottom line, the best quarterback in the game, tons of playoff experience in his young career, in his five years. Um, this is his third Super Bowl in his fifth season starting. So what experience doesn't he have and any read the best play caller in the game arguably the best coach in the game that's why i'm picking the chiefs to win and i'm gonna pick the chiefs to win 37 to uh 30 it's gonna be kind of a high scoring game but i think the chiefs pull it out by a touchdown and that is my super bowl 57 pick and patrick mahomes won his second super bowl trophy and i think he'll dominate offensively from start to finish all right guys Thank you so much for checking out the episode this week. I really do appreciate it. Um, f- with football over, you're going to focus more on the NBA and, of course, March Madness 
Selection Sunday is just over a month away, and uh, the conference schedules are in full swing, and I can't wait to talk about it with you guys as well. Texas A&M, if you didn't know, um, is 9-2 and in the SEC, their best conference record start since they joined the SEC over a decade ago. Great work by Buzz Williams. I got to check out a game last Saturday versus Georgia at Reed Arena. Um, they definitely play as a team. They When they play as a team, they are, they are hard to beat. Um, and they're really the only team better than them in the SEC right now, arguably, is, is Alabama. Maybe Tennessee, but Tennessee faltered this week at Vanderbilt. So um, it'll, I'm looking forward to when, uh, when uh, A&M is hosting Tennessee um, in a week and a half and then when they host Alabama at the beginning of next month. So something to look forward to, and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Tell your friends and family about the show. Send them my way, and uh, hope to uh, talk to you soon. Take care. Enjoy Super Bowl 57 with your friends and family. Thank you.